Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Hey, Valentina. Hey, Paula. And hello, everybody. And welcome to another episode of Pretty Mental. So today we talk about the injustices that are constantly being perpetrated on behalf of the criminal justice system in this country towards the black community, where Pretty Mental stands on this and what we plan on doing going forward. And before we begin, we'd like to invite you guys into a brief moment of silence for Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and countless others who've lost their lives as a result of this police brutality and extreme racism. Now take in a deep breath with us. And be fully present for this one. And press play. Hello, Pretty Mental family. Here we are again. Welcome to another episode, friends and family. Yeah. So as we are recording this episode, we just received the news, as did everybody else, of George Floyd's... um, Well, we didn't just receive the news. This is... It happened Monday. Okay, well, I didn't know about it because I don't watch the news that often. Instagram is just taking over um, with a bunch of posts, so... Well, yeah, so I just found out about George Floyd's killing, brutal killing on Monday, and we want to make sure to address it. And if you don't know about it, you probably do, but if for some reason you don't know what what it is, George Floyd is a black man who was brutally murdered. He was suffocated by a white cop in Minneapolis, and... He was not resisting a cop. He was not trying to fight the cop. He was not trying to do anything to the cop. But the cop grabbed George Floyd and he put him on the ground and he put a knee on top of his neck. And George Floyd was saying, I can't breathe. Please help me. I can't breathe. You're hurting me. You're going to kill me. I, I like I, I need to breathe. And then the cop just kept putting his kept suffocating him by putting his knee on, on George George Floyd's neck and then he he died and people were around saying like well, you're killing him you're killing him and people were also saying like to the cop you look like you're enjoying this stop and the cop was just had like no expression on his face and just had one knee on George Floyd's neck and it's it's just so disgusting yeah it's disgusting and you know, if you're tempted to turn off the podcast at this point because we dove right in into a scenario that is hard to sit with, then I implore you, I encourage you, I ask you very strongly 
to stick with us because we cannot continue to turn a blind eye to the injustices that are happening in our community here in the United States. I mean, really all over the world, but specifically we're focused on the police brutality that keeps happening in the United States. And if you're wondering why we are talking about this on a mental health podcast, if you don't see the connection right off the bat, I will answer that question by saying that it is absolutely related to the health of our community to the health of each individual human being in the united states of america that we acknowledge and take care of every single community because if one community is suffering that suffering will eventually start to leak out and unfortunately we don't listen to the suffering of minority communities and black communities until we feel some pain from it. That's been a large trend in the United States. And that is the unfortunate reality. And we need everybody to wake up because we can't continue to just see and for all of us to continue crying on social media every time that a black man or a black person is brutally murdered by the police. It's not enough. It's time for all of us to start taking action. Um, Some of you, if you're not in the black community, it might feel really shocking like in you are receiving some vicarious trauma from witnessing these police killings happen over and over again. If you are in the black community, it's not shocking. And that's the sad part of it because you know that this is just the reality that your community has been faced with, honestly, since this country began. And it's it's tiring to, and I know that it's tiring to hear people, to see people be shocked by this. I want- to see people... Can I jump in? Yeah. I just feel like I want to like just read this post before you keep going. Read it. The shock value. Yeah, absolutely. So this is by Rachel Elizabeth Cargill. Actually, you you should all follow her on Instagram if you can. Um, We'll post her Instagram in our show notes. Yeah, it's Rachel R-A-C-H-E-L period Cargill C-A-R-G-L-E on Instagram. And she has a post that says, dear white people. I'm tired of hearing you say, I'm shocked. I can't believe this. I had no idea. This can't be real. That is, in all actuality, wildly offensive that our pain is so far off on your radar that the mention of it shocks you. It's actually hurtful to know that the news that's been keeping me up at night hasn't even been a topic of conversation in your world. Instead, when I keep you informed on the blatant abuse, racism, and trauma happening to women of color and their families, I need to hear. I've found an organization that helps in these types of instances, and I've donated money. I've brought this topic up to my coworkers and family so we can talk through what's happening. I've researched more on this, and I've learned more about the history of this particular race issue we have in our community in our country your shock isn't enough your wow isn't solidarity your actions are the only thing I can accept at this point and if that is too much for me to ask you dear friend feel free to let yourself out of this community because complacency is not welcome here with all seriousness Rachel Elizabeth Cargill yeah to be completely honest okay sorry I can just relate to this so much because I I there's been instances where I I make sure when I see this news or I get videos, I forward them off to everyone who 
may not be as tuned in to the injustices happening to the black community and I'll send it to them. And I definitely have had a lot of um, responses like, no, no, like he, he really didn't do anything. No, like she was really just walking and it takes just everything inside of me to be like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, driving while black is a thing walking while black is a thing like you need to wake up to this yeah exactly you need to wake up and it just it's so just i i mean it infuriates me like where i can't even i can't even find the words i can't even find the words because it's like we we cannot just sit in the comforts of our own home and only Make an Instagram post about it. And only make an Instagram post about it. Like, what are we donating to? Are we talking about it? Are we are we sharing these messages with uh, people who may not be following these messages or with the generations above us? Because we know that they grew up in a more in a in a society that was a lot more comfortable with segregation and society that where the where police brutality was more of a norm. Um, We it's up to us it's up to each individual person to consistently wake everyone up as much as we can because i can't even fucking imagine i cannot even imagine being black in america i cannot even imagine and it is no longer black the black community's responsibility to explain to all of us what their reality is like it's no longer their responsibility to try to get us to take action like this is not on them they're just trying to live they're just trying to wake up and have a safe home and have hobbies and like live regular lives as human beings should we are the 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 non-black community needs to like stand up we are the ones that are if this is still happening it's because we're still supporting it by our by our inaction by our inaction and and it's funny because so Rachel Cargill posted that when um, oh no she did post post that one with George Floyd I thought that one was with Ahmaud Arbery and mm. it's just crazy because Ahmaud Arbery was was like last week or two weeks ago it's this is this is just like it has to stop it yeah. has to stop and Rachel Cargill also has an entire resource roundup. For those that are looking to start, if you want to, if you just don't know where to start, you need to check her Instagram and she has a bunch of resources ready. And she posted a quote by Angela Davis that says, it is not enough to be not racist. You must actively be anti-racist. God, I'm like. I'm sad. I'm shocked. Like, I'm so sorry that I mean, that's not even I'm sorry. Like, that's not that's just so like belittling. Like, I'm. I don't know, man. So, yeah, I mean, we all experience some vicarious trauma, which means like trauma by observing this happening and some and we all experience some grief by experiencing this happening. But it's completely on a different level for the black community because I can experience some grief and some trauma and be pissed, but I'm not scared to walk outside. 
like it's a completely different reality for us to talk about the way that it impacts us versus the reality of what the black community has to live with and it's time for us to sensitize ourselves and to practice radical empathy around this topic and pretty mental is going to start getting more and more active with these organizations we're going to keep you guys posted on that um section of the pretty mental uh platform and we want to show you guys that we are also taking action and we're not just talking about it and hopefully this is something that we can activate the whole community to stand behind as well because this has just been going on for entirely too long and it should it just it should not be going on at all and something that like most people don't understand is that or maybe they do that the the police organiz the police organization is really it's rooted in this like military mindset so police officers it's not acceptable within their community to talk about trauma that they experience and to talk about mental health issues that they experience so they're not even dealing with their own like the trauma that they experience on a daily basis from the type of work that they do. And because that's not being dealt with, they end you end up taking it out on the people that you are in power of. And I mean, I visited the Fulton County prison, Fulton County prison here when I was in grad school for mental health. And I written, they were trying to show us like the best version of the prison. And I because they wanted to impress us obviously they didn't want to show us that you know people are being like emotionally abused in there and that physically and abused. physically abused and, and it verbally was, abused it was actually really fucked up and we went into they rounded up like a lot of the top officers uh, because you know we were graduate students and they met with us in a room and I asked them what are you guys doing for your mental health and there is dead silence in the room nothing and then the chief officer goes well i work on puzzles at night when i get home valentina's eyes just like <laughs> popped wide open and i was just like exactly exactly because if you guys are messed up in the head if you're not dealing with your traumas if you're not allowed to talk about your traumas because i mean ultimately the reality is that working as a police officer you're going to encounter a lot of trauma then you are just going to pass that on and act it out on people that are in less power than you. And so that's how the black community and the the police system continue to traumatize each other. But the problem is that the organization, the organization of uh, the police here in the United States has the power. So they get to fit. They get to decide how that trauma gets acted out. They get to decide how that abuse is acted out. Yeah, but racism is not trauma caused. No, it's not. But police brutality in many ways. It, you know what? There, we, I can't say that it's all trauma caused, but there is a combination of like a fear that takes place. Um, there's a big culture of fear between the black community and police officers. And they also, I mean, at the same time, like you're right. A lot of it is just racism. It's pure racism and it's drunk on power. It's because I am walking around here and I have the power to do whatever I want to you. And because I don't like you because you're black, I'm going to kill you. Like that's that. <sighs> yeah. 
there's not I mean, next for our next podcast. There's literally, I'm sorry. I, I'm like, it's okay. Just everywhere with this, but I'm, it, it's not like, I don't, sure, sure. The police force has to like figure out their I mental health. I have to health. look at it from a mental health perspective because I'm like, I need y'all, if y'all have this much power at your disposal, I need your minds to be right. Yeah. Like I cannot have you out here acting out your trauma on the people that you are supposed to be looking after and maybe it and, and it is racism i mean it'd be interesting to see like where the line goes from like hate to trauma and all that stuff but at the end of the day if your mind isn't healthy if there isn't like an imperative for police officers to be receiving mental health um services on a regular basis you're gonna act out that disease on the people that you are supposed to be watching over and they have no practice in place for ensuring that people with this much power are right in the mind. Yeah, but it's beyond that. Like they need to have courses on how to be anti-racist because at the same time, like you've got a lot of like super religious people who think that they are very like I I'm like I don't sin and I am like very holy and I'm following all these practices. But like my daughter will not date a black man. Yeah. So I don't, I am just like, I don't. I mean, it's fear. Their mental health, I don't really care what it is, dude. I just like, their mental health does matter. Obviously, everyone's does. And I'm not going to take that away. But at the same time, like this is beyond that. This is beyond that because they can be at at a state where they are doing whatever they need to do to get themselves right. But if their internal belief system is telling them that because they are white, they are supreme, then they're going to do what they feel is right. Yeah. And the crazy thing is that um, minority communities and black communities receives, are, are, receive some of the least mental health services in this country. And they, actually, and they need it the most. Like, I'm, I'm just always trying to think of what the solution is to all this stuff. That's all, because at the end of the day, I have to keep some kind of level head about it and say, like, okay, like, what are we going to do, right? And obviously, yeah. I come from the mental health perspective. Um, but the disenfranchised communities are not receiving, and a lot of times it's actually even more taboo because it's not talked about as much that mental health services need to be accessible to the entire black community and to minority populations because those are often the groups that are receiving constant daily experiences of trauma I mean, and microaggressions. Goes, and it goes beyond that. You like you hear of how I need to look up the actual stat, but it's like the black women who are giving birth in hospitals, like they get like a crazy minimal amount of help compared to the white women who are delivering babies in hospitals. And I, I don't know if the stat was saying that they're the babies, there's more fatalities with black babies or there's more fatalities with like black pregnant moms, but just even in the hospital system. Yeah. We're going to get Tori Johnson, who was a colleague of mine in grad school and me and her together started the student justice Alliance, which was a partnership between the mental health graduate school and the law school to literally target um, this particular issue, the criminal justice issue. 
And we're going to get her on for the next podcast episode because she's been a, a civil rights activist long before she even got into mental health. She actually used to work in the prison system. And we want to get a, a really highly informed voice to speak on all of this stuff for you guys. Because right now, Valentina and I are, I have some background in it. And I mean, we've both been felt very strongly about this topic for a long time. But right now, what you're I mean, what you're hearing us is advocate for waking up and our outrage. But we also want to make sure that we are bringing you guys as much accurate information to empower you to take action and to, again, wake up. What you've just heard for the last 18 minutes is just our pure like rage, outrage. And us just being human. Right yeah. Now. I mean, today I actually had to unfollow somebody on Instagram because they posted, it's a white person, and they posted themselves crying over what was happening and like how they can't continue to see their world do this anymore. And, and I had to unfollow them because I'm like, I, nobody, like, honestly, if you're posting yourself crying on social media or like being really upset, you're basically asking the community to hold space for you. And as a white ally, as just a non-black ally, nobody needs to hold space for you right now. Like we need to be the ones holding all the space. We need to be the ones putting forth all the information. Yeah. And if you feel called to do something or post something on, on social media, actually do something like go and search the web and see how you can help, see how you can donate, see how you can advocate, see how you can make sure that all police officers in your community are outfitted with cameras before they go out for duty and that their cameras are turned on. And if not, we should be, I mean, I'm just, I'm taking information from Rachel Cargill. Cargill. She does a really great job of, of putting forth like actionable steps. Like here guys, I have done all the research. I provided you with it. And we vow as pretty mental to actually put this stuff into action and model it for you guys and continue to inform you on what we are doing too. And if you guys start taking action, if you guys start doing things, let us know. Let's, we're not, we're going to create a community of mental health uh, warriors and civil rights activists because those two things go hand in hand. If we are not watching out for our community, everybody in our community then our community is not healthy and I do believe that all of our health depends on all of us being healthy we can't just think about ourselves because we're not existing in a vacuum if we're not taking care of the trauma of the disenfranchised populations then ultimately we're all gonna that trauma is gonna seep out and everyone is gonna continue to come from a place of fear so how do we start taking care of each other? Not just taking care of ourselves. Not just, oh, if I can afford therapy, I'm going to make sure that I go to therapy. But then how can I also help other people who cannot? That's a big part of what Pretty Mental's mission is, is to disseminate the knowledge and the information that we have gathered um, through our privilege about mental health and make sure that everybody is starting to have access to it, to empower, 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 and let's take action. Yeah, you can't just 
What's your what is all this mental health work for if you're not spreading it and helping your community? And what are we on like a single planet just trying to like live our best lives? It's not I mean, you wouldn't even be happy with that. We're here to like make sure that we are whole and healthy and that our community is whole and healthy. And when someone around us is suffering, we need to tune in. If a population is suffering and has been suffering for so long, we need to tune in. My fear and this is what's happening because it's the only way that this has gone on so long is that we keep seeing all this news and we're just kind of like, we're just kind of used to it. Like, oh, it's just, it, it happens. Like now we're used to it because we see it so much. And it's like, we should never get used to it. And I just like pray. Right. It's the same thing as when we look at World War II and the Nazis. Everyone says, oh, I would never have just stood by and watched that happen. That's what we're literally doing. If we're not taking action, we're watching a genocide take place. And we're just like, hmm damn, that news sucks. I'm going to cry about it on social media and then I'm going to go eat, drink my green smoothie and go to yoga. That's so true because when we think about all of the past genocides and, you know, big, big world events that have happened to really distress our world, we always look back and we're like... Or like slavery. Yeah. Like, like I would have never, I would have never done that. It's like, okay, well, you're we're all being compliant right now because we're living in a, in a society where this is actually happening and it's happening every single day. And we're living in a society where our black community is scared to even go out and, and do regular things. Or maybe they're not scared because the, because they're sick and tired of it, but either way they know in the back of their head that when they see a cop or if they get pulled over by a cop, like they don't know what's about to happen. That could be the end. That could be the end. That's crazy. I remember I pulled up on Ponce. Um, it's a main street here in Atlanta. And there was a black guy in a Jeep and he was driving. And then this police car immediately, this guy, he got on his microphone and he was like, pull over. The black guy immediately pulled over. He put his hands up in his car. He even held out his keys to prove that he wasn't doing anything. The police, the white police guy got out of his car and immediately had his gun drawn and he was walking up to him. And I was right in between them. So I was like, we're all dying today. This is fucking crazy. Yeah. This is great. He's not doing anything. Can we make it viral to take action, guys? Actually, like, please, 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 please. If you listen to this podcast, um, can you send us like a screenshot of like your donation, uh, that you registered for a newsletter that just anything that you do share it with us. And we want to start broadcasting it on pretty mental and share we want to start popularizing. We'll share yeah. Share it with us and we will share it with the rest of the, community. the rest of the community so that we can actually start popularizing, taking action and motivate each other again, community of civil rights activists and mental health warriors. For me, those two things go hand in hand because if your community is not healthy, you're not going to be that healthy as much as we want to lie to ourselves about it because we are all connected. That's just the truth. Okay. Well, tune in for the next episode. We're going to bring Tori on and we're going to actually do a more in-depth, um, elaborate analysis of this situation for you guys and i know we usually get on here and we do the typical like 45 minute to an hour podcast with a lot of mental health tips a lot of mental health tips um but today we we're not gonna do that 
because this we just we want this to be the center point of this podcast we want this message to really get across and we don't want to water it down with I mean everything everything else is important but this message right now is the message that needs to be heard yeah and the message is action it's action it's it's get get outrage get mad do some digging watch the videos of what you need to do and actually you know I posted the video of Ahmaud Arbery on my Instagram on my stories and I had a few people tell me like oh my god I couldn't even watch it and you know do do what you need to do but I posted it for that reason so people can get outraged if you're gonna like immediately start taking action then you don't have to watch it but if you need it to motivate you to take action, then watch it. Just I just almost want as many people as you can to watch it. So it seeps into your cells how real this stuff is. Because I don't want you to just donate and then like call it a day. Yeah. I need you to like see the reality of what is happening and understand why you need to be an active anti-racist community member community member and ally and why you should i want you to become so aware that when you are driving and you see a a white policeman pull over or a black policeman or a black policeman pull over someone in our black community i want you to sit still and i want you to record or do what you can i don't know what the laws are against that i record i I don't you're allowed to record and I, I, I want you to have your your survival mode on along with them because they can't be fighting this war on their own. This is not their war to carry anymore. This is ours. This is it's in our hands. This is up to us. We need to become so aware of police brutality and of the actions that they take and of all of the injustices that our black community faces every single day day in and day out so we can be right there along with them being like they don't they don't need to be screaming and and fighting anymore like they're going to but like we need to be the ones who are getting outraged and angry and yelling and and whatever i just i feel like it is this is our responsibility right now you know and we've messed up because this is still happening facts and this needs to be a focus in, in everyone's life. Yeah. So that's the message for today. That is the message. Hopefully Tori can get on with us next week and we will have an amazing podcast. To empower she, you guys. To empower you guys. To be everyone, be an activist. And she's had a ton of amazing experience. In, in this area. In this area. And she has amazing stories. So we encourage you guys to tune in and thank you for listening. And I we don't love know you. if I blew your ears out with my Aries with my, fire with my Aries fire, but I hope I did. <laughs> I hope I did. If I didn't, I didn't do my job right. <laughs> All right. Okay. We love you guys. We love you guys. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to yourselves. We love you. Breathe. I need to breathe. <laughs> Peace.